reason why you look for the diplomatic solution, right? Because the, the major conflict is what no one wants, right? And because the outcome is always bad for everybody loses. Once you get to that level, there's no there's no winners and losers. I mean, sure, technically, technically there's a winner historically, but but everybody loses, right? And, and the same thing is when you have to pull that major reorg and you have to do the fight, cut somebody loose. There's reasons for it, mm-hmm. but don't forget that you are you. In fact, by doing that, are probably losing something as the leader. Hey, good day. Thank you for listening to the Consultant and the Coach podcast today. Josh and I are going to dive deeper into what grace looks like as we are both coaching and consulting. Grace is not typically something that is talked about a lot, but it's one of the most important things as we grow companies, as we lead teams, because no one is perfect. So how do you know how much grace to give someone, what that looks like? Hey, we're going to dive deep into that today. And uh, thank you for listening to our podcast. Well, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Got Josh and myself here, Eric, and uh, we are here to help leaders along the journey, encouraging them to lead and speak with grace so the team and culture is one of comfort, strength, and success. What's that mean, Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's one of, you know, we'll talk a little bit about what grace means today, but it's a key element to success in any culture, an element to any leadership style, uh, and we'll get into to what that means. Uh, but why don't we, as always, start with the scripture Absolutely. and give us a little bit. So we pulled, uh, obviously, if you read the Bible at all, grace is a key topic, uh, especially, uh, really all throughout, but especially in Paul's writing in the New Testament, and Jesus has a lot to say about it. But twelve Romans 12, 3, uh, thought was particularly helpful because it says, for the grace given me, given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance uh, with the faith that God had distributed to each of you. And the reason I like that scripture is I think what we'll talk a lot about today in terms of grace and how to think about it from a leadership perspective is it's two sides of the same coin. I believe grace comes with humility. It's recognizing that we extend grace because as people uh, of, of faith, grace has been given to us. Um, and so we lead and speak with grace. And I talk to my clients, you probably talk to your clients about grace in some way because we are people who have been given something, given grace that we don't deserve, you know, been given latitude or resources or um, gifts. And we have to be sitting humbly in those, right? Is, oh, absolutely. It's important. So that's and there are in in business and in life, there are all sorts of mistakes that happen mm-hmm. every single day. No one's perfect. So what do we do? Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to talk a little bit about today. Um, excuse me, drink of water. Um, so one of the things you know, talking a little about, I think maybe starting with what grace is, but even before we get into the what, some of the things that came to mind when I was thinking about this, you know. Early in my in education, learning a lot about family system theory, right? And, and family system theory, without going into a ton about it, what I find most useful is it's this understanding that people are uh, integrated over time and space, and we have to begin to understand and read and, and work with people in, from the family system they come, right? The baggage yeah. they bring, you know, the, the fight they had with their spouse or kids that morning, right? The, the tension that exists within their life um, at home or with other family members, the health issues they might be facing, the way they, they were raised, what they learned about um, 
at a young age. Maybe they're negative experiences in business that's caused them to be more reactionary to certain things that seem otherwise irrational. So people are, made, are, are basically the experiences that have made them up today. And so I think by thinking about that, it helps to be graceful because if you get and getting not jumping too far ahead when we get into people's well which is effectively what grace is we begin to understand who they are what they've been made to be how they've turned out the way they are good and bad right Absolutely. there's gifting and there's sin and there's systems that have that have really resulted in who they are and where they are and by doing that you can lead them better and we'll talk about a couple of examples mm-hmm. of that today yeah i i i see that and i see that every day in every in in different people that i coach and I used to get really, really irritated at people that I would coach because I would tell them if A, then B, then C, he did do it this way and then it's going to turn out in a different fashion. Mm-hmm. And it never does because we are always coaching different team members, different athletes, um, even in families. It, it, it's always different, which is beautiful on, on another side, but it's, it, it's not a simple formula that you do. Right. Yeah, it's it's a it's a formula applied, right? Um, I mean, I was thinking about when I was thinking about this. I was working with a client one time. Um, he was a sound f- CEO, founder of a nonprofit organization, um, and he was looking. He was burnt out. He'd been doing it for a long time. They'd touched a lot of lives. They had worked through a lot of great things. They'd really put down deep roots in a community. Developed a brand new way. Um, for um, to fill a huge gap, especially in the foster care community, specifically related to short-term care. Um, <clears throat> and he was burnt out and he was tired. And he was needing help figuring out a transition plan. And he was just up against it. And, mm-hmm. and, real, and very strong personality, though. And so, you know, I found myself uh, listening a lot, asking him a lot of questions. But I found myself mostly asking him questions about uh, his faith, asking questions about how he was raised, asking questions like it, he was not even seeking a business strategy in that case as much as what he what he kept saying back to me was, no, I'm actually seeking like a personal direction, right? And that would influence how he would then guide the strategy. And so um, it was really interesting, but we, we went back and forth for a long time. And I very much was, was thinking through the lens of understanding who he was, who God made him to be, the sin that had sort of entangled parts of his life that was influencing how he was thinking, how he was acting. And it was funny, after working with him for a few months, he, he, he looked at me and he goes, Josh, you're, you, you know, you're like a business therapist. Because <laughs> really, we were doing both parts, strategy of the company, future, new leadership, what's his role, but then who was he and who God had made him to be and where mm-hmm. was he going and how did that then fit? And these two things didn't you know, go together in tandem. Now, he also struggled immensely with the innovator's dilemma and, and stepping out of that CEO role was extremely tough for him because that's all he'd known for 20 years, I think, at that point. Um, but anyhow, it was a very helpful sort of exercise, I think, because of the fact that we were talking about him and his world and his opportunities through the lens of family system and also grace and how do we help him move into that next phase of his life and his career. And what I love about grace is it's saying, hey, we are not yet there yet. And I think one of the things that you said mm-hmm. with this leader of yours was here was this Gandalf-like figure, wise, older, mature, and yet he was still learning, still mm-hmm. trying to figure that out. And that's, you know, it's one of those things, a great leader uh, not only will give others grace, 
but they will take it in themselves as well too and say, hey, I, I don't have the answer for this yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, and that's, that reminds me of another example I was going to share of working um, with another uh, technology company in particular. Um, and it was interesting. It was part of a technology firm that had been acquired or invested in by a private equity group. And, and so we were talking a lot about sort of what to do. And there was a cohort of um, companies in the same space that this private equity firm was trying to mash together. And, of course, that is a messy, messy proposition. But uh, among several pieces I was working on with them, I was assigned to this CEO and, and trying to help him. And, and it was interesting because he hadn't started off as the CEO of the company. He was the least experienced of the group uh, who had started the company. Those folks had all either taken other roles inside the private equity firm or, or whatnot. But they were still all around. Um, I had it expressed to me on several occasions um, that you know this person may or may not be CEO material. They just mm-hmm. weren't sure. And it was interesting because, you know, being able to work with him and, and really begin to talk to him and, and understand what motivated him, understand he, he was actually quite passionate. He was actually quite gifted. And so it, it was really fun to begin to help pull out of him the strengths and the um, experiences and the words and the passion that others had not seen and actually had expressed um, being uncertain of. Right, and, mm-hmm. and and then it was really cool, sort of as coming alongside him to hear from other people going, yeah, I'm really impressed at how this person has stepped forward, and how they've actually led and become basically the CEO now of this joint group of companies versus sort of a de facto CEO product leader of a mm-hmm. smaller cohort of people, and um, yeah, it was really fun to walk with someone through that evolution, but but it really all started with this understanding of who they are, where they come from. Well, and I, I think some of what you're seeing with someone who understands grace in a business setting mm-hmm. is there are three components that make a leader grow, make an organization grow. As you you know, throw the nutrients in there, there's grace, truth, and time. Yep. Truth being the reality of the yep. situation, the numbers, yep. what's going on. Time is, it, it takes a while to build some things. The yep. sales funnel from beginning to end. But grace is as things don't work out quite well you've got to have all three Mm -hmm. and you know what you what you allude to there is hey we we he gave grace he received grace but it was also combined with truth and time so you had a very profitable uh result Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so let's talk a little bit more about kind of what is grace and how you think about so you talked about truth that's Mm -hmm. last week's podcast if you missed it check it out also a blog next week come back and join us time um, tell us a little bit more about just how you think about grace and, and what are some examples from either coaching or your CEO leadership role where you've had to really implement and think about grace. Um, I see grace uh, I'll, in, in the business world is, is when things just don't go quite right. Mm-hmm. And we'll think of, you know, most people will think of big instances where someone makes a massive mistake and then you give grace and... Um, that, albeit those are the ones that are memorable. The best examples of grace that I've seen are the really minor tweaks in a business. And when mm. I say minor tweaks okay. is uh, after after a boardroom meeting, I might uh, come alongside someone and in a matter of 60 seconds, hey, you know, I might have rephrased it that way. 
and I'll give them smaller corrections that that need to be made. Mm-hmm. And smaller corrections are a lot, lot better than a major firing or reassignment. And so in graces, you know, grace is giving forgiveness and, you know, with anything that is out of line. But we're far from perfect. So it depends on what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And. Why do that? Why do those small changes? Why not just make big, dramatic changes? Why not? I mean, I've seen plenty of CEOs who, you know, turn over their executive team every 18 months, right? Completely reassign and shuffle. I mean, I was been part of organizations where yeah. it's like, oh, here comes another reorg. It's been 18 months. Gosh, it's been a while. Like, we're doing it again. You well, know, and it's uh, really a So you can do it that way. And they're, that is effective. Mm-hmm. But depending on the industry that you're in, every time you have a major reorg like that, you get rid of all the people and what you lose is all the tribal knowledge that was accumulated. Mm-hmm. And the number of times I have benefited from people who have been around a long time and they know where they have all the little tribal secrets. Well, we do it this way or we do it this way. And not to keep them hidden, but this is why you can't have a major reorg every 18 months. Um, now, I'm not going to speak for Silicon Valley or some you know, tech place where you're, you're rapidly advancing, but most companies are not like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think to your point, I think, I think it drives, um, an openness of communication, right? If you as the leader want people to tell you the truth, Mm -hmm. right. But if they know you're going to extend them grace, then, then you're going to get a lot better communication, right? Um, I think I even read a book one time by Alan Mulally who went from, uh, Boeing to Ford, right? And he wrote a, 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 a book about his, his experience, mm-hmm. CEO of Ford. And, and he talked about how I think one of his first meetings, I don't quite remember the whole way they did their dashboard, but basically nothing was red. And like a couple things were yellow and mm. everything else was green. And this is like dozens of metrics and or projects or whatever the dashboard was that they were monitoring at like the highest level of Ford. And he looks at it all and he goes, this can't be correct. Yeah. <laughs> like this isn't true, <laughs> you know? And actually it was interesting that he told the story about one of, one of the top lieutenants was the first one who then took the risk to show reds. And Alan Mulally was then challenged. A couple things that interestingly happened in that story as I remember it. He was challenged to extend grace which then set the table, set the example. Mm-hmm. And it turns out the person who was that first person became the next CEO of Ford. <laughs> it's interesting <laughs> so how that works. It, it, it worked well because they were actually able to be a leader by following that CEO, you know, taking that leap of faith, trusting the, that what he was saying was true, and it was, and, and, and they were able to really make some impressive um, advancements as a company during his leadership. Now, to, what, what you said, to have true grace, it has to coincide with reality. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things like, hey, here's a company scorecard, and if it's all greens and yellows, yeah. you're like, well, we've got to be, there's got to be some area of improvement somewhere. Right. And the way you illustrate grace and i think as from a co- especially a coaching perspective is you've got to get in the well with someone yeah and you know it's it's very easy especially men or a consultant just to say hey the answer is this mm-hmm. and we can point in direct answers that's not always the most effective way because what we want to do is we want to teach our team how to get the answer themselves so mm-hmm. you have to you know we we bring reality and truth alongside them and then we get in the well with them and say, hey, I, I think we missed this or mm-hmm. we did miss this, but we don't pound them with the wrong answer. Hey, what could we have done differently? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and talk more about like, give me a picture of what it means to get in the well with somebody. Like, what do you think about that? When I say get into the well with someone is, um, from a coaching perspective, at least saying, I see the effort that you tried to get the right answer. Mm. Or, and the, the best way of changing behavior of someone I'm coaching is to uh, acknowledge the effort that they put into it. Mm-hmm. And typically they work, most people work really, really hard at things. Sometimes they, they sandbag it, but more often than not, they're working really, really hard to get the right answer. And then they miss the mark. Mm-hmm. They, to use the archery term, they sin and they miss it. And well, then how do we recalibrate and figure out where we're pointed? Mm-hmm. And some people are like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to have a more specific goal because then I might miss it. No, it's it's totally okay to miss it. Let's keep getting closer and closer. So, I, I I'll get into the well with them. I'm like, hey, good try there. However, um, I you know it, acknowledge the good, mm-hmm. but also at the same time acknowledge any time we miss. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You know, the other thing I would add just to that to think about for our listeners is is the importance of having uh, a little bit of margin, even on the front oh, end yeah. of that, you know, F- margin to do two things. I think what you're talking about, one is first to do what you said, which was um, to be able to say, hey, good job. Mm-hmm. To take long enough to say that actually requires quite a bit of emotional and, and sort of time-based margin, mm-hmm. right? You're not just charging through and, oh, you screwed it up. we got to do the next thing. Right, so there's margin. I think the other thing is key there is, and you, you and I have talked a lot about this. You do a great job of this in your company, by the way, I think, is you've really um, profiled all of your people. You've taken time, margin, to understand who they are, what their le- styles are like, their work styles, their leadership styles, their communication styles. And I think by doing that, you not only have figured out how to extend grace, but how to extend grace. You've figured out, you've spent time understanding. You might tell someone, hey, here's where you're doing a good job, or hey, I see what you were trying to do there. But you may not use the exact same words for Susie and Bob and George, oh, right? You, you you then have to personalize that message, both on the compliment and on the performance improvement, right? Mm-hmm. And on probably the number of times you give them to fix it, <laughs> right? The amount of grace you extend and for the time period is going to depend on someone who has things going on in life, right? Or, well, and, you know, and so it, it comes going into on life phase as well as, you know, the, uh, you know, like, like you said, personalities and even drivers, what drives each individual. Mm-hmm. I was working with someone um, and they they just they really really blew something and i was trying to get to the bottom how in the world did they make this mistake and we went backwards and backwards and backwards and what had happened was not myself but they had made a mistake and it wasn't even a huge mistake um i'd say about six weeks ago and a different leader just lit into them Mm. and it was someone who was overly sensitive a perfectionist and it caused them to shut down Uh and now i didn't you know i didn't know all of it until i started unpacking it with them i'm like oh i see what happened so then we had to go all the way back and the leader who kind of lit into them they didn't mean to do it but they did it nonetheless and it probably would have been fine with 75 percent of our company not this person though. right right so the tight the confrontation wasn't right for the person the leader probably didn't have the margin to sort of address it more appropriately. Correct. Like there's a lot of things that failed there. 
Yeah, that's and because, a mistake happened. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And then you're like, oh, okay, that missed that one. But a lot of this is this is where it can't be a one size fits all. Right. No, that, and that's where I think recognizing, and that's what we're talking about, the getting in the well part is, is recognizing every well is a little different. The depth of the well is always a little different. Mm-hmm. The size and the, the scariness of the well is always a little different, right? Depending on where someone's at, oh, what absolutely. they're going through, right? Um, and uh, so it's, just, it's kind of back to that one-minute manager concept, right? When you're trying to give people feedback, you know, slow down, be concise, but personalize it, right? Yeah. Making sure. And as we slow down, and this get, getting into the how, as we slow down, I would I would say go shallow before you go deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to make sure we're cutting in the right spot. Now there is a time to go deep. There yeah. is a time for a reorg. There is a time for a firing. There is a time for a major change. But yeah. uh, ready, shoot, aim. Not ready, fire, aim. Ready, aim, fire. You mean ready, yeah, aim, exactly. shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but do it yeah. right. Calibrate first. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's you know I think um, you need know, to borrow from just like world events. You know, there's a reason why you know you look for proportional response. Yes. Right. There's a reason why you look for the diplomatic solution. Right. Mm-hmm. Because the the major conflict is what no one wants. Right. And because the outcome is always bad for everybody loses. Once you get to that level. There's no, there's no winners and losers. I mean, sure, not technically there's a winner not, historically, not but, unless you're perfect. But everybody loses, right? Yeah. And, and the same thing is when you have to pull that major reorg and you have to do the fight, cut somebody loose. There's reasons for it, mm-hmm. but don't forget that you are, you in fact by doing that are probably losing something as the leader. Now I'm gonna play devil's, devil's advocate. Sometimes you have to fire fast. Sometimes mm-hmm. you jump into a burning building. You That's can't true. have a strat plan. You're just gonna go into it. And yeah. what I have found works yeah. well for those. Just understand, there's gonna have to be a lot of grace on the other side. On the other we're, side, yep. and, and I will communicate that to our team or those people that I'm coaching. Hey, we're going into this. We have X amount of time. We're gonna do the best we can with the hand that we're dealt yeah and just own it and this is kind of like monday morning quarterback you talk about the game it was between this time and this time and we're just gonna hey we're gonna take it apart and that's all we can do well and and what you what you said there which i think i just want to highlight for folks listening is you didn't change the ingredients we talked about no margin communication listening you just changed the order recognizing as the leader action had to happen right away for something acute Mm-hmm. And you were smart enough to understand that you then needed to make those space for those other things for the leftover people, whoever's left. Oh yeah. Afterwards, so either way, you've got to create. You know, one time I had to let somebody go, and it was a long time coming for a number of things. But I remember specifically, I had a team of which they were going to be surprised and a little bit confused and scared that maybe they were next and whatnot. I had to specifically make time in my schedule to called them immediately after I took care of the firing, right? Mm-hmm. Because I had, to, I, had, I had to turn my attention to caring for them, create that margin, that listening, that communication, before they even found out from anybody else. Like it was immediately turning those elements of grace to the folks who were going to otherwise have negative impact, right? At that mm-hmm. point, you should, and, that's, and so when you go that way, just don't forget those other parts. Yeah, and I would say when, when you know, Everyone needs to be able to give grace, but then there's the question, well, how much grace do I give? Mm-hmm. You know, God gives all the grace in the world, but at right. the same time, we're running a company. Right. How, so how much do we give? Yeah. Well, I think this is where, you know, humility and, and patience plays a role. I think there's always, 
there's the element of what does the organization need? Mm-hmm. What does the person need? Um, how much time does someone need? Those, those all, you can't, there's no specific formula, right? You do your best to make a decision. Ultimately, though, you know, as, as leaders, we're held accountable to certain outcomes, and we have to hire people who can help us achieve those. Mm-hmm. And if you have someone who repeatedly or even just with one really bad choice, you know, that puts the whole organization at risk, you have to make those changes. I mean, unfortunately, they come. And, and, and you can't say there's no specific formula. Every, every leader is a little different. Every scenario is different. But there, you, you, you can't avoid those. It's just part of life, you know. And sometimes that person will thank you later that you made that change because they needed it, right? They weren't oh, a good fit for the organization mm-hmm. either. Um, so there's lots of reasons why it tends to work out. But I think approaching it with humility, right, is, is always, you know, like we said, the other side of the coin of, of grace. And, and you also have to ask, how much do I have to give? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you can't give more than what you don't have, mm-hmm. or you're like, you know, if this thing blows up, yep. I'm not sure I can live with that. Yeah. And then you then you want to cut your losses before it happens. Yep. I have a very specific, um, as I'm hiring, as I'm firing, as I'm working with different vendors, I have a very specific formula I use that just kind of helps me in the process, but it's it's really on a case-by-case basis. That's right. And, and there's always other solutions, too. In some cases, it's better to reassign someone. In other yeah. cases, it's better to demote someone because they need to be in a lesser role. There's lots of things, you know, there's lots of alternatives to consider. And it's just really about the situation and the leader and their, their instincts, right? And then, by the way, have grace for yourself because you're going to screw oh. up, right? I mean, that's, you know, and then apologize when it happens, you know, and don't be afraid to own it. Mm-hmm. So, you got it, man. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, well, I think it's uh, time to wrap up, but we really appreciate everybody listening and tuning in. Uh, but like, come back next week. Like we talked about uh, with the podcast, we did truth, and now we've done grace. Next week is time. So time is, is again, the third element that we're going to be discussing uh, in, in leadership um, and nutrients for your organization. So come back and talk to us again. Or listen Sounds to good. Us again. So thank you for listening to the Consultant Coach Podcast on grace. Hey, if you want to dive deeper into this, check out Josh's latest blog post on grace and what it looks like as you know from a consultant's point of view if you would like to reach out to us go to the consultant and the send us an email or make hey make a complimentary uh, 15 minute appointment and let us talk to you about your business and how we might be able to help until next week we are going to dive deeper into what time looks like at work with the a lot of time that we have if you don't use it properly before you know it it's gone so Looking forward to talking to you next week on time. Until then, thanks for listening to the Consultant Coach Podcast.